need to. But lay hold of the parts and pieces that he makes life to you. If you can cling to that, I promise you he will build on that. So today it is with genuine joy. Genuine happiness. That I and you received to this pulpit for the first time in over eight years. Tom Weichart. overwhelmed I had to get the water off uh, I didn't want to <laughs> then I would have to uh, anyway have to clean that one up amen first and foremost I want to thank Steve and Kim I want to thank you both for your faithfulness I thank you both for your willingness to hear and as you've always taught me to obey. It wasn't about you. It wasn't about me. It's about what the Father wants to do in his kingdom. What he wants to do in his people. And I thank you both for being open and for what I believe, transformation in the body of, of, body of Christ that is happening today. Because this today is not something... For those that know what's going on, this is not something that happens. This is not something that you see. I've been in uh, ministry for a little bit of a time, not, no, nowhere near as long as <sighs> Steve and Kim. I'm catching up with them. But I've never heard of the experience that we're experiencing today. And it's because of the faithfulness of a God that loves his church, not that community or that community, as he's already said, but his church, his kingdom, his people. And so today I want to honor you both and thank you both for opening up and entrusting me to stand up here because that's a big deal. And I realize the, the gravity of that because this is God has entrusted you with this. And you to pass it on to me today for just for the next three hours. I really appreciate <laughs> Hope you all brought lunch today. I did ask him. I said, you know, uh, I do have something I want to share, but I know there's some personal things that I want to speak straight from my heart today. And in doing so, that may be a little longer than a 30-minute word. And I hope you're okay with it. When you're done, feel free to leave. But I'm going to be done when Holy Spirit tells me I'm done. Amen. I also want to thank you, every person in here today, for being here today. For those that, as he said, I think is a perfect word, the awkwardness that some may have felt. Or maybe the anticipation or whatever the case may be. Let me tell you today, let me tell you this for today. You are right 
where you need to be. You are part of something bigger than yourself. You are part of bigger. You are a part of something bigger than your own church family. You are part of something greater. And I am thankful for your faithfulness and willingness to be here today, and to allow me to speak and to share. Hopefully, you'll listen and hear my heart as I share it today. If you have your Bibles, I just want to. I'm going to start here, and then I'll see how Holy Spirit. leads me this morning. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Ephesians chapter 4, starting at verse 20. I hope it's okay. I, I have a little bit of reading I want to I read through because I believe what, I'm, what he gave me for today, this is the passage that I drew from. And I believe it's a word for us as the body of Christ. So Ephesians chapter 4, verse 20. But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as a truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, the old Adam, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, the new one, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth to his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole still no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace, impart grace. Let me say it one more time. Impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, Forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. You know, what you're witnessing today is, is historic in my mind. And as I sat down and read that scripture, there's no gray area there. It's pretty black and white. It's pretty straightforward. And we as the church, as we as individuals, as we as people of Christ, as we have been called to, to, to be his children, to be his glory here on this earth, when they sit there and they look at us, what do they see? What do they see? Do they see the old Adam? 
Do they see the evil speaking? Do they see the anger? Do they see the hatred and the division that is going on? See, the words, he sat there and said very specifically, do not give a foothold for the enemy, for the devil. See, the enemy wants to come to steal, kill, and destroy. And you know how he does it in the church? He divides. Because he goes on to say, Christ says, a house divided against itself cannot stand. And the word says that he is the one that builds his church. He's the one that builds his church. And if he builds his church, how can we be the ones to get in his way? How can we be the ones to sit here and say, let's divide. Let's go this way. Let's go that way. We're all part of the kingdom of God. We all are sons and daughters of the same God, serving the same Christ, being filled by the same Holy Spirit. And one thing that I have learned over the years, my flesh, my opinions, my perception, my understanding gets in the way. Gets in the way. I get in the way of what God's trying to do. See, we sit here and talk about flesh. The battle is not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities of darkness. Can I tell you today? You know how he comes at us? He speaks a, a sweet word to you. He stirs your heart to go left when God is sitting your son, go right. He sits there and convinces you to do this or to do that when you know it's not where God wants you to go. And what it does is it creates division in his body. I sit here today and I'm rejoicing because there has been division that, does, that should not have happened. Should have never happened. But see, we serve a greater God than man. We serve a gracious God, a loving God, a caring God, a forgiving God. A God that when, when we get in the way and, and the enemy and people begin to create and allow it to turn bad or evil, he turns it for the good. See, the thing is, eight years ago, I would have never known what today, today would ever have happened. But what I know today is he took what, was, what happened then to create and do something today that's going to be a voice, a sound. That's going to be a sound. That's going to be a sound. Oh. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Sorry, I have to get kind of. I, I, he, <laughs> y'all messed me up. <laughs> See, this is the truth. When we call ourselves sons and daughters of, of God, when we call ourselves that, we should be different than what the world is. We shouldn't look like the world looks like. He says here and says in Ephesians 1, he says, be imitators 
of God. So our lives should look identical to him. If it, if, and it, you know what? This is, this is the truth. You can't do it by yourself, though. It's the spirit of God that will lead you because what we do is we get in his way. But we are called to be imitators of Christ. So today, like I said, today is a historic day. And to be honest with you, I, Holy Spirit gave me a, a word, and, and I'm going to be all over the place with that because there's a lot of emotion that I'm dealing with today. A lot of emotion. Because there's a lot of relationships that it, there's people here I haven't seen in eight years. And our time here on this earth is too short. I have buried too many people. There's no place for division. There's no place for separation. There's no place for that. Because when you are divided, the house, in fact, if you go and read in Matthew, the kingdom will fall. And that's not what God Christ came to build when he built it. I'm going to kind of share some things, sir, if that's okay. I know there are some that are wondering what I'm going to say, probably some that were like, how dare he get up and speak? I don't know. Well, <laughs> hey, I know there's one of y'all. You know why? Because people are people. I'm not naive to think, oh, everyone here perfect. Oh, yeah, let Tom come home up here. Yeah, let him up here and preach. <laughs> Open up the pulpit. We ain't seen him in eight years. Oh, yeah, bring him on in here. I, I want to hear what he has to say. <laughs> oh, no, not me. Yes, yes, you. If you're the one that said it, it's you. But the truth of the matter is, I get it. I get it. Because I felt that way too. I'm sitting there going, I remember communicating with him, contacting him for the first time in years. And I was like, what in the world? But see, I had to die to self. It's not about me. In fact, it's not even about him. And I'm not trying to be rude to anybody, but it ain't even about y'all. It's about him. And us being his glory here on this earth. So I'm going to just take a moment. I just want to take a moment to share some, some personal things. I'm going to close that for a second. Eight years ago, well, let me back up a little bit. because, And again, I'm not trying to, I'm just going to share. In 2002, my wife and I began to go to a church called the Rock of Central Florida on 1792. Some of y'all remember that. I was in graduate school. I was a captain in the United States Army. I had 
I'm, I'm just going to church. You know what I'm saying? I'm just going to be a man of God to learn to, to serve God. And that was my hope and plan. But then something shifted, something changed. And I remember you coming to me. I don't know if you remember this. I'm back there working on the computer doing because I did all the PowerPoints because we were still doing the little sheets at, on the little. And I was like, sir, we can't be doing that. I don't know if y'all, see, some of y'all don't remember that, but back in the day, back in the day, we used to have the little projector, you know, and had a little piece of paper, and if it's crooked and all, I'm like, and I remember coming one day, I said, sir, can we upgrade this a little bit? I said, I will write all the songs. In fact, myself and another person, we, we actually wrote all of the Bible on PowerPoint. Every, every verse we put on one slide, one verse, one slide. Because that's how I knew to serve the body. That's what I did. So I was back there minding my business, just doing my thing. And then he came up to me one day, and I'm trying to be holier than thou and, and a good husband and a good dad. And then he comes up to me, he points to me, and he goes, I need to see you after service. When your old pastor comes up to you, <laughs> right before service starts, and said, I need to see you after service, and then walks away. I immediately go, what did my wife do? <laughs> what did my kids do? You know, as, as a guy, it's not the first thing, oh, what did I do? I was like, what did she do? And then I was thinking to myself, did I do something? And I remember him saying that to me, and then I met with him after service, and I was concerned because I was like, oh, my gosh, did I do something because I, I understand honor, I understand respect. Those that know me well understands that. I, I, I try to live by that creed. And honor and respect those that are in authority over you. I've always lived my life that way. Try to anyway. But that faithful day he sat me down and said, son, I want you to know something. The Holy Ghost showed me that you've been called to ministry. I believe you've been called to be a pastor. After I picked up my mouth off the floor, I'm like, what? Because that has never been my goal in life. My goal is to retire as a, like a colonel, maybe make a star if I'm fortunate enough in the military, you know, go and do that, and then, then ride off into the wind and retire and travel the world. That was what I wanted to do. I told my wife, and then I wanted to do a side job teaching at the University of Florida. Go Gators. Hallelujah. Praise God. Um, we won't talk about yesterday. Do not bring it up. So that was what I was doing, but then he comes and he rocks my world. And the next thing I know, I go home, and I'm talking to Denise. We're praying, and I knew what he said was right. I couldn't shake it. I couldn't, I couldn't walk away from it. I said, yes, sir, that, you're right. And so then, you know, one thing to led to another, he positioned me as a pastor here at the Rock of Central Florida. The sad part is I owe time to the Army. And so in 2004, I had to leave. Went up to Fort Bragg, deployed to Iraq, went to the White House, and then when I was there, they thought I was crazy because then I turned in my resignation, and I said, I'm coming home to go into full-time ministry. So in 2008, I came home. And I was sitting here, and I, was, I served him, I served you, I served this house, I served God as best of my ability. 
And then 2013 came. And things went sideways. It went sideways. I know it hurt and devastated him. It hurt and devastated many of you. My wife and I, we made the decision, or actually I made the decision, because she looked at me like, what are you doing? And I walked away from here. In my heart the whole time, and I can say, I'll say this today, and some may receive it, some may not. It was not to ever hurt him, to hurt this ministry, to hurt the people here. I didn't do it to be ugly. I didn't do it to create division. I didn't. I left. And since then, there's been a lot of water under the bridge. A lot of things have happened. And in many of you, you have your own perspectives of what you remember happened. One thing I learned about God, there's only one right. I walk through this room, every one of you will have a different perspective. And it's only him that knows. In fact, when he and I talked, we had different views of what we each experienced. It's kind of like me if I wrote a, the number six in the ground. I will see that number. I will always say it's a six. He will look at it and say it's a nine. But we're both right. But we're actually also both wrong. And I'm not sitting here pointing fingers. I'm not sitting here saying he was wrong. All I'm sitting here saying is that is what happened. So we walked away. And today, God is restoring. God is healing what was broken. And so... I publicly want to say today that I repent to each and every one of you today. I am sorry for any hurt, any pain, any suffering, any division, any wrong that I have done. Because, see, this is the truth. It's not, again, it's not about me. I want his glory to come today. I want him to be magnified today. I want to get out of the way. His word says to deny oneself and take up your cross. I want to get on my, I want to take up my cross today. And I want to be able to follow Christ and be as Christ-like as I possibly can. And so today I publicly say, I am sorry. I'm sorry. And if any of you today hold ill will toward me, the well, or anything like that, that's going to be between you and God. Because I just read his word. His word says you have to forgive as I have forgiven you. In fact, I was going to, there's other things here where he actually says, it actually says, Jesus said, if you do not forgive, I will not forgive you. You go read Matthew 6 where he gives us and teaches us the Lord's Prayer. He says, forgive us of our debts as, as we forgive others of their debts, right? But see, a lot of times we end at the word amen. 
But you continue to read verse 14, he then goes on and clarifies that one part of that whole prayer. He takes the time because he wants to be clear. You have to forgive or I can't forgive you. Now let me be very clear about forgiveness. Forgiveness is not forgetting. Forgiveness is not condoning. Forgiveness is not making things, everything is hunky-dory. I mean, it's everything, is, as I always like to say, is peaches and cream. It's not. Forgiveness is a process. See, there's man forgiveness, and there's God's forgiveness. And there's a big difference. Because, see, man's forgiveness is this. Oh, I've forgiven them a long time ago, but... I'm thankful Jesus doesn't come up to me and go, I forgive you, Tom, but. He doesn't say that to me. He doesn't say that to you. If you repent, you come to a place and say, Father, I died a self and I am repenting. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my wrongs. God is saying, if you are truly repentant, it's wiped away. It's gone. It's done. You are a new creation in Christ. So I stand here today with you guys, and I'm telling you right now, if you're sitting here saying, oh, I, I forgive him a long time ago. I've forgiven them. I've forgiven that. But. See, that but, you know what I've learned over the last year? Is that but is wanting the other person to feel my pain. That but is that other person knowing my justice. You need to know what I've been through. You don't know what you put me through. I forgive you, but you need to know. Because if, I'm not going to feel better until you know. Some of y'all that have been married for a while, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Honey, I forgave you. But you don't need to do that again. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa what? But see, that's what too many times we as people, that's what we do. We sit there as Christians, as his hands and feet, as his mouthpiece, and we go out to this world, and we sit there and tell people, oh, I've forgiven, but you know, hmm. Mm. I don't have a problem with them, but why haven't you talked to them? Well, you know why, you know, because I tried to talk to them about it, and, you know, they didn't want to go back through over what we just went through. I thought you forgave him. I did. But, but. And what we have to do is we have to start looking at forgiveness not as we look at it. We have to look at forgiveness as the way Christ wants it done. And I'm going to tell you right now, forgiveness on your own, you're not going to be able to do. You're not going to be able to do. Because I, can, I have tried to forgive people. There's people in my life outside of church people. I remember in Iraq, I've shared this with people before. When I was in Iraq, there's actual people I hated there, and I literally could have took a gun and shot them because they're trying to kill me. They've already killed some of the guys that I'm there with. But that is not Christ-like. Oh, I forgave them. I came home, and I remember they, they make it mandatory. You have to go talk to a counselor when you come home. And they say, how are you feeling about your experience over there? I said, good. 
I'm back. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, how are you feeling about, you know, the experience you had over there with the people and stuff? I said, good. Knowing I lying through my teeth. You know, you know Yoda said it best. Yoda, Yoda said it best. Anger leads to hate, and hate leads to suffering. I'm sick of suffering. I'm sick of that. As the body of Christ, as the people and children of God, we can no longer, no longer be divided. I don't know about you, and, but I know for me, I was telling some of the guys we were sitting here talking about today, and I said, you know, the people, the most heartache I've ever had is with people in church. I dare say you probably agree. You know, people of the world, eh, I don't have a problem with them. I have friends in the world that I've had for years because that's, I understand, they understand where I come from, I understand where they come from. But in the body, why is there so much division? Why is there so much fraction? And I'm not talking just about today I'm, uh, amongst us, but I'm talking in the world. Look at the church out in the world. I'm a Baptist, I'm a Methodist, I'm a this, I'm a that. His word says, I'm not of Apollos, I'm not of Paul. Because none of them was crucified on the cross except Christ. We are all of Christ. And too many times, and that's a very overwhelming thing to think about. But what we have to understand is he's called us to be one. He's called us to be unified. He's called us to be, to be of one body. I know I'm all over the place right now. There's a lot of things going on in my, my mind and my heart. This journey began for me as I kind of go back to the story real quick. This journey started for me about a year ago. And there were four men, actually five men, that Holy Spirit gave me that I needed to go and talk to, to make right. Five men. And the sad part is all five were men of God in the body of Christ. All five of them. First few were hard, first two or three, first three. But, you know, to a certain degree, it was okay. But then that day came when I knew by Holy Spirit I had to call Steve. And I didn't know what to expect. And I remember hearing a lot of chirping from people, how we are influenced by people. Sometimes we get more influenced by people than by the Holy Spirit. People's opinions, people's perceptions, people's experience. Heck, I wish I would have listened to my wife eight years ago. She told me eight years ago after that faithful day, she said, you need to go back. This is, we need to make this right. But see, I got in the way of what God was trying to do. 
So I remember calling him on that fateful day, and we were able to connect, and graciously we sat and talked. And what I loved about it is we didn't rehash what happened. There's no reason to rehash it. That's not the heart of God. That's not a heart of the Father. You know, anybody have children in here? Some of you? When you have two kids that are at odds with one another, as a parent, as a father, what's the, what's the, heart, what's the biggest thing you try not to do? Oh, <laughs> beat them. <laughs> okay, second. Second. <sighs> Take sides. And he gave me this revelation as he was sitting and he's like, I love you, son. And I love this man. And I love every person that's sitting in there today or here. But back then when he was showing me this, he said, I love you both. I want unification. I want restoration. And I am blessed to be able to say today that that has happened. I know as far as for me and him and our household. And there's so much going through my. I sat here, and as I prepared this, I said, Lord, this is like a four-week series. <laughs> and I have, I remember when I, when I was here before, he would say, you got 35 minutes. <laughs> now, I'm not trying to dog him out, but I don't think he sticks to that 35 minutes. <laughs> but he told me, you got 35 minutes, because after 35 minutes, people are doing this. And so we were coming today, and he said, are you down, are you at 30? <laughs> God is my witness. I'm at home yesterday. She comes home. She knocks on my door. Hey, do you got it down to 30 minutes? <laughs> I'm sitting there. I'm reading. I'm like, what? what? You, just, you, just, you just took away the anointing. What are you talking about? And then today, driving in, you, you're at 30 minutes, you feel good, you're at 30 minutes? I'm like, no. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that or not, sir. <laughs> but back then, I, and probably even today, you know, I, I, always, I never felt that I was called to preach. I never felt... Um, Heck, I used to tell Denise, I don't think I could preach myself out of a wet paper bag sometimes. But what he taught me was, I'm not here to preach. He just said, just share my heart and share my word, and that's all I can do. And speak from your heart. I just want to, again, I'm not, I don't want to sound religious or anything like that to you guys today. Because that's one of the things that I know as a church, we can go down. The one thing that I know is, uh, Steve and I talked about this. It's a story about Paul and Barnabas in the book of Acts. Some of y'all know that story. Some of y'all don't know that story. I encourage you to go to Acts chapter 15 and read it. 
You had Paul and Barnabas, and I'm just going to paraphrase. Two men of God, two leaders of his church, of his church. Not there, oh, this is my church over here in Ephesus. You can go to Corinth, bro. They're the ones with the problems. I'm over here. No, these two men were mighty men of God that was fulfilling his purpose, and they walked together to the point where Barnabas went to bat for Paul and said, no, I trust him. You guys have got to receive this guy. He is a changed man. Oh. See, some, you know, remember earlier today I said that there may be some here going, why is he up there speaking? Can I tell you, God changes people. He transforms people. And if you ever put God in a box to say he can't do that, Because that's what we have to understand. See, my life is not over. My life is continuing. And today, I hope I am not the same as I was yesterday. And I hope a year from now, I'm not the same. Because he's continually doing a work in me. So, in, the, in Acts, you had Barnabas and Paul, who I would consider brothers that did ministry. And they came to this place. Where they had, in verse 39, it says they had a contention that became so sharp that they separated. Two pillars of the early church got into a fuss over how to deal with someone. They didn't agree on how to deal with John Mark. Barnabas said, he's good. Come on, he can go with us. And Paul's like, no, he ain't going with us. He's a screw-up. I don't want him to do anything with me. The last time we went somewhere, he ran. That, does that sound like a godly man? No. What ended up happening then, these two men separated. But by the, that's what I'm talking about, the house divided. But see, these two men knew Christ. These two men served God. And I dare say Paul, the thorn that he had in his side that he prayed for God to remove from him, I, I, I promise in my personal humble opinion, is linked to this right here. A pride that he was dealing with. Because it didn't sound like grace because I don't remember Jesus ever saying, no, get away from me. You failed me. Guess what? We all failed him. We all fall short of the glory of God. And so you have this happen, and then you have these two guys that separate. And I'm sitting there going, why? What's up with this? But the beauty of our Father, the beauty of Christ is, if you go to 2 Timothy verse 4, you hear Mark say, bring him with you. For he is useful to me for ministry. He said, go get Mark and bring him to me. And what that demonstrated, there was reconciliation. There was forgiveness. There was unity in the body of Christ. And so today, we are witnessing today exactly what happened then today. There is reconciliation in the body of Christ. And you know, this is the beauty of it, man. Mark, John Mark, he went on to work, write the book, the gospel of Mark. Paul was kicking him to the curb. 
Paul was getting rid of him. There's division, and we have to stop. See, this word is not just about division in the church. They gotta be stopped. We gotta have stop having division in families. Stop having division in marriages. Stop having division amongst parents and children and children and parents. We have to stop doing those things. Because if we can't serve the body effectively, if we in our own household are separated and divided. Sir, I apologize to you. <laughs> I am all over the place. I want some more high fives. That's all I was, I was hoping for. Now I know what I want at church. I want my high fives, man. <laughs> I'm going to begin to kind of wrap this up a little bit. And, uh, again, I, I, I'm a, I want three points I just want to just throw out there, and then I'm going to close just, again, a personal thing I want to say. I want to tell us as the church, first and foremost, we need to come to a place of dying to self and taking up the cross. I've already talked about it. Second thing is, is we come to a place of forgiving. Again, it's not agreeing. It's not condoning. It's none of those things. Forgiveness is forgiveness. And I'm thankful that God forgave me. And the last thing that I just want to say is that we need to come to a place of loving one another. Now, some may say, oh, that sounds a little on the religious side, Tom. All the, all the churches talk about love. No, I ain't talking about the love these churches are talking about. I'm talking about a love that only can come from the Father. That's what I'm talking about today. You see, because this is the thing, if you read in Ephesians 5, 1, 2, what it said there, it said, be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also loved us. See, I, there's a different kind of love. It's not a conditional love. It's not a love that only, only happens when people are doing something for you. It's not only loving somebody because you have an infatuation with them. It's not only a love with someone because they're doing something for you. I'm not talking about a love because they're nice to you or kind to you. I'm talking about a love that's willing to get into the dirt with that person. I'm talking about a love that's willing to go to hell and high water and come back with them. I'm talking about the person that's willing to go to that hospital and sit at their bedside and be praying over them. I'm talking about being, that per being able to be in that love where you're sitting there saying, my brother is broke, he's hurt, he's done wrong, he's in jail. But guess what? I'm going to be there at jail with him. I love him through whatever he's going through. There's nowhere here he says to judge him. He said, love him. Imitate me. Love as Christ loves us. See, that's where you end up developing groups and cliques and this and that and people. And because this person is that way and that person is that. Oh, no, I'm dancing over here. And churches do those things. What I have learned outside of Christ, man, I am poop. That old Adam, that old man was an ugly person. 
but through Christ. Through Christ. Through Christ. He changed me. And I'm still being changed. And so my encouragement to us is to love. And we all know the 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4, it says, Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. It does not behave rudely. does not seek its own. It is not provoked and thinks, and thinks no evil. So for those in our house or this house or online, if there's any evil thoughts, any ill will you have, you're not walking in love. And don't sit there and say you are. Don't say you are because I know there are some that are not because I've heard them. And I rebuke that spirit in the name of Jesus. It's not of God, but behave rudely. Does not seek its own. It is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices, rejoices in truth. My truth? Your truth? Whose truth? God's truth. Holy Spirit's truth. His word's truth. Bear, see, here we go. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. I am thankful today that you endured today, sir. You endured me speaking. (laughs) (laughs) But you endured these last eight years. brought me a handkerchief, that you endured all things, and I truly believe believe that you still had hope, And and maybe many of you did. I remember many times Denise and I'd be riding, and I would think back. It's not even about the ministry, man. Think back about the relationships. About the friendship we had. The brotherhood we had. I told you when we sat and spoke, I said you were a father figure to me. And you still are. Matt, Kaylee, you're my little brother, man. And and I missed the birth of two of your children because of whatever, because of pride, because of this, because of anger, because of hurt, because of pain. Life is too short. Marsha passed away. She was my Korean sister. 
those that don't know, I know my southern accent, you're thinking, what's he talking about? I'm from South Korea. Marsha is from South Korea too, so we were related somehow. But God got a hold of me. He said, son, you couldn't even say goodbye to her. You couldn't even grieve and say your last goodbye. The last time I saw her, she was in the ICU in downtown Sanford. That's the last time I saw her. And there's many other people that I, I think about. I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I'm like, how? Why? Are we not children of God? Yeah, well, I screw up. Have I messed up? But it's by his grace. It's by his grace that I'm forgiven. See, I'm going to live with my decisions for the rest of my natural life. And some of you, some of you online, I don't know who you are. But if you make a choice because you don't like what a man preaches, you don't like what this happens, you don't like this, you don't like that, you got to take a step back. You really do. And so ask yourself this simple question. Ask yourself this simple question. Has my pride, has my ego become my idol? Has my life become more important than God in me? Have what I wanted, my understanding, my hurt, my pain, have all those things, how I felt wrong, how I, this, I, I, I. My I gets in the, fa in the way of him. Has that happened to you in your past? That's one thing I, I remember that he was always adamant about. You are not welcome here unless you left the last place you were at properly. And I, my, my assumption is it's still right. Because you can't live in offense. Because what offense does, it creates division. Because that's all the devil wants to do. He wants you to get over here in left field when he's God's telling you to be in the right field. We have to come to a place of getting beyond ourselves. And really trusting him. Colossians 3, 14 says it best. But above all these things put on love, which is the bond of perfection. See, love is the bond that holds people together. Holds the ministry together. And it's not my love or his love. It's not our natural love. It's the love that God... God puts in us, and that's what holds them together. I believe the love is a mortar that holds his church together. We're the living stones, but it's his love that's the mortar between the stones that holds us together. And when we get in the way of that, then that building, that portion crumbles and falls apart. So again today, with a humble heart, and with all the love 
that I can muster. I am sorry to Steve and Kim Parker, to the Rock of Central Florida, to all my friends that I haven't seen in forever. I'm sorry to those that are part of the well for any pain or suffering you may have gone through. I'm just looking around. I am sorry. And let me tell you, the thing about God, I remember waking up and he was telling me this is the road that he's going to give me over the next six months. I can tell you I didn't get up and go, oh, boy, this is going to be fun. <laughs> to go and humble yourself before four men, regardless of how you felt. Regardless of how you think you felt. I remember sitting down with each, talking to each one of them. It's not something that I didn't get up this morning and go, oh, boy, this is going to be fun. But I know it's right. I want healing to come to the body. I want restoration to come to the body of Christ. I want relationships to be restored. I want his love to be permeated through this ministry, the, our ministry, whoever. How about this? His love be permeated through the body of Christ. And let's not walk around pointing fingers at each other. Let's not walk around speaking evil of one another, but walk around putting our arms around each other. Can I get an amen this morning? Can I get a hallelujah this morning? I want a high five, man. I know I'm, it's way past 30 minutes, sir. I apologize. 35 minutes. Um, see, Denise kept me at 30 because she know I'm a little long-winded. Um, again, if this didn't help anybody today, I'm sorry. I'm not here to, I, I'm here because I'm being obedient. I'm here, if anybody, it helped, it helped me. That's what this is about. And so I'm just being vulnerable and open to you today. I'm a flawed man, a broken man, a messed up man. And I will mess up again. I will put my foot in my mouth. I'll say something I shouldn't have said or do something I shouldn't have done. Denise will be an attestment to that. <laughs> but I am thankful for the opportunity. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you church for receiving me this morning um, just thank you bless you sir.